Bible listeners, we've got a special sponsor uh, for today's episode. It is AG1. AG1 has been something that I've really enjoyed using in my spare time. 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole source food nutrients in one scoop that you can use into your water. You stir it up. I use it before my workouts, before I start my day, and it has totally given me the energy I need to do the little things in life, like going to work getting extra, you know, an extra boost, a second wind, if you will, for a workout before I play pickleball with my friends, just, it puts you in a good spirit of mind and you know, you're doing the healthiest possible thing by putting AG one in your body. Make sure to check us out and get a special deal with the Bruin Bible. It's www.drinkag1.com slash Bruin Bible to get the special deal that we provide. Once again, www.drinkag1.com slash Bruin Bible to get that special deal. Now, back to the Bruin Bible. What is up and welcome back to the Bruin Bible. Will Decker, your host, the madman to my right per usual. Bruins off of a bye week. We finally get some UCLA football back, and it means a lot this week coming after that painful Utah loss a few weeks ago. Madman, how are we doing on this fine Monday? Getting to know that UCLA Bruins football is right around the corner on Saturday for us. Well, Will, you know, the, the bye week was refreshing, but now it's it's game time again. It's game week again. I'm so excited about not only this week, but, Will, these, these next two games are just going to go such a long way in determining the outcome of this season. It all starts Saturday afternoon, though, in the Rose Bowl and can't be more excited for this team. It's going to be really fascinating to see how they take that bye week and get in the lab and put that magic potion together for Saturday at, at noon. And it's going to be an interesting one, man. I believe this is going to be the first real test for De'Anton Lynn's defense. You know, we've gone against the likes of a Jalen Maiden. We've gone against the likes of a Nate Johnson. Quarterbacks that really struggle to move the football, not only against UCLA, but teams in general. That's not going to be the case this weekend. Cam Ward, if you guys are paying attention, if he's not on your Heisman board, you guys just have it completely wrong. What he's been able to do, 16 total touchdowns, zero turnovers, while averaging the third most passing yards per game per contest. Cam Ward has been a flat-out star, and he's beaten two top 25 teams in University of Wisconsin and Oregon State coming into this game. I think that's the natural place to start when you go to Washington State. We've had a lot of great quarterbacks kind of come out of Washington State in those Mike Leach systems. Jake Dickert, now the new head coach for Washington State, kind of having a new-look team, but Cam Ward – really giving flashbacks of those kind of air raid teams and what he's been able to put up stats-wise in those first few games. Talk to me about what you see from Cam Ward because the defensive backs are going to have to be on their A game for UCLA to come out with a W uh, here at the Rose Bowl on Saturday. Well, you said it best, and he's he's such a unique talent. You, you talked about the overall stats, the, you know, the 1,390 passing yards over four games, Will. That's 350 a game. 13 passing touchdowns over four games. He's given you more than three a game there and zero interceptions and zero overall turnovers. And so it's really a staggering amount of productivity 
over these four games. And let's not forget, Washington State, as you mentioned, Will, so battle-tested, playing the likes of Oregon State just last week, the team that really bullied Utah all over the field, which was the team UCLA was coming off the loss for. And then you see them go on the road against uh, a tremendous team, uh, uh, hosting a tremendous team in Wisconsin. Uh, you know, again, another Big Ten power type team. So they're used to playing these bigger, stronger teams that they can sort of out-athletic and out-quick. And and what I think is so special about Ward is when you look at this team, Will, it's kind of fascinating because their leading rusher in Watson is averaging 32 rushing yards a game. And they don't really run the ball. On the defensive side, it's not like they're generating a lot of pressure with their front seven. They have eight sacks in four games. They have three interceptions in four games. They're not particularly big in the front seven. They're not particularly opportunistic. And they don't particularly run the ball. So what does that mean? That means Cam Ward might be, if you look at the Heisman as potentially a most valuable player award, the way the NBA looks at it or the way some other leagues look at it, I don't think there's an argument for anyone else that is more valuable to their team than Cam Ward is to Washington State. And really the bread and butter will comes with that short passing game that then sets up the deep ball. And so when you his three favorite targets, Lincoln Victor, Josh Kelly, Kyle Williams, those three guys have combined for north of 900 yards and 12 receiving touchdowns. Those are his three guys that he really looks for. Each guy does something a little bit differently. Possession receiver, Kyle Williams is more the home run guy. And then, you know, you've got some guys in between there. But that, to me, is really the bread and butter. And so it becomes this very unique matchup now, Will, between Cam Ward and that UCLA front seven. And so now the game is going to be if UCLA can get to Ward in terms of pressure, advantage UCLA. If Ward can get the ball off quickly with the short passing game, wide receiver screens, going through very quick progressions, and then really straining that UCLA secondary, advantage Washington State. So it's going to be this really interesting chess match, particularly on that side of the ball. Yeah, and I mean, he played Oregon State, who we can agree may have the most complete defense in the Pac-12 this year. 404 touchdown, or yards passing, four yep. touchdowns, balled out. Like, did not, you know, shake in his boots against one of the best defenses within the entire conference. Wisconsin, one of those teams we know as a defensive powerhouse over the years, didn't quake in his boots there either. 34 points put up in that game. Cam Ward has been the guy out there. And I know you touched upon the receivers that he's throwing to. Very solid options out there. Lincoln Victor, kind of your slot guy. Think of him as like your Wes Welker. He's getting a yep. lot of targets. He's making plays out in the field. And then Josh Kelly and Kyle Williams really hitting on those deeper balls. Those exactly. Passes out there. They've been fantastic as well. But to kind of touch back on Ward, what a phenomenal story. This guy was a wing T quarterback in high school. Didn't really get looked at. Didn't really get recruited. Actually started his college career at Incarnate Word. And if you don't know where that university is, it's at San Antonio in Texas, man. I had to look it up myself. Had never heard of it. UIW. He's related to NFL lineage in Quandre Diggs, who's currently playing for the Seahawks tonight on Monday Night Football. And Quentin Jammer, a name we remember as a Charger back in the day. So he's got the NFL lineage, but he's really kind of found his quarterback success through his college years, which is so rare. It reminds me a little bit of DTR in a lot of ways because – Dorian only played one year of high school football at the quarterback position and really kind of turned it up when he got to college. 
I feel a lot similarly when it comes to breaking down a guy like Cam Ward. So make sure you're watching Ward. He's completing 75% of his passes and has no turnovers to 13 touchdown passes, 16 total touchdowns as well. But let's turn it over to the Bruins. In an ideal scenario here, Madman, what does UCLA need to do to get back on track? I think there's quite a few areas, and I'm excited to hear your, uh, you know, your points on the matter when it comes to what UCLA can do to improve and get back in the win column against a very talented Washington State team. Well, I think there's a couple of things, and and I think it starts with the light bulb that has sort of gone off in Cam Ward's head this year as opposed to maybe even last year. And I think Dickert has done a phenomenal job of finally designing the offense completely to Cam Ward's skill set. I think last year was a lot of feast or famine with Washington State. Ward had some really big games, some really big plays. But then what really killed them was being able to stack those plays in sequence and they'd have a really negative play, whether it was a deep sack or whether it was a turnover or Ward kind of forcing the ball down the field. This year, they just seem to have really embraced the offense and they know exactly what their roles are. Ward is going to hit you with quick progressions. He's going to hit you with that underneath stuff. And then he's really setting up the defense with eye manipulation to go down the field to the likes of the Williamses and the likes of the Kellys. And so there's just such comfort there where last year you saw Ward sometimes dancing around the pocket, not really sure what to do next. It was, to your point, Will, some of those early DTR years where the game kind of turned into a sandlot game. This year, he's just so comfortable with where he is in the offense. For as mobile a guy as he is, Will, he's only got 109 yards rushing over four games. So he's really embraced staying in the pocket and really some doing something the way Caleb Williams has started doing since over the better part of the last two years of moving in the pocket to set up deeper throws, not moving in the pocket to then take off and run. So when you see Cam Ward's elusiveness, he's eluding, he's sidestepping, he's sort of extending the pocket, extending the play, but really to throw the ball down the field. And they're finding the longer that they extend those plays, the more defenses get confused in zone coverage, don't really know whether to go to the quarterback, sit back, it becomes a little bit more improvisational, and then you find those big spot, soft spots in the zone for those big plays. And so given that being kind of the offensive construct, Will, I think defensively for UCLA, it's all about the pressure. You got to get to him before he gets super comfortable, and you got to come both sides of the edge, and you, then you really have to collapse that pocket from the interior. So lot to the Murphy twins, Carl Jones have to sort of come on both edges. And then with Toya and Keanu, you got to sort of collapse that pocket and really make him uncomfortable to throw it for him to throw the ball earlier than he wants to in earlier progression than he wants to, and just have him generally uncomfortable in the pocket on the offensive side. Will there's a couple of things I'm looking for, particularly one is the upfront blocking and the upfront scheme. Yeah. What is this? offensive line going to do how are they going to respond they don't they're not going up against necessarily a, a very imposing front seven but how does chip really help this offensive line to me with more max protect schemes and so where are the hudson habermills where is colson yankoff are we going to see a little bit more of anthony adkins guys that are going to help up front in terms of max protect but then also our options themselves offensively to either run the ball or catch the ball out of the backfield. That's number one for me. Number two for me, Will, is looking now to see if Dante Moore 
when a play doesn't really exist down the field, is he willing to use the check down and really trust his mechanics and go to his check down? And I've been harping for it for a month, Will. Whoever his check down receiver is going to be, I think he really needs to dem- demonstrate that rapport, whoever that is. I believe it should be Kyle Ford, but if it's not, he, it, it's either Carson Ryan or it needs to be Logan Loya and really sort of adopt that, or you have to sort of adopt that check down receiver. And then third, Will, this is kind of the, the game for me where how you play Steel and Harden, I think is yeah. going to be very, very unique. I think because that front seven is a little undersized, this feels more like a Carson Steele game where he's going to get more touches to then set up a couple of home run runs for Harden, where he's going to kind of get in that inside zone. He's going to kind of wear out this front seven, get 15, 16, 17 touches, and then Harden, you could see, bust one for 65, bust another one for 35, and really set up some scoring drives. So for me, it's again... Max protect, who's going to be the check down? I think it should be Kyle Ford. And then being very intentional with the Steele-Harden duo of starting with Steele and finishing with Harden. I agree with almost every one of those points. I thought it was a great analysis laid out there. You know, and I think for to start it off, just to kind of pivot on your last point, UCLA had 32 carries for nine yards of rushing last week against Utah. When's the last time Chip Kelly has had that rough of an outing when it comes to the run game. The guy that we think of as the most founding father of the spread offense, a guy that has generated rushing yards the way Lincoln Riley can generate a pass offense. He can do it just about anywhere. So they need to get the rushing offense first and foremost back. That is the identity of a Chip Kelly offense is getting that run flowing. You know, Dante Moore, man, we talked about it. You know, we, we both kind of came to the conclusion that he was the right quarterback for this job. He needs to get his confidence back this week. I think that's a big thing. And one of the things we talked about, you know, with Dante being the starter is, yes, you can trot him out there. You can get him these reps before we go to Big Ten. But you also have to live with the freshman mistakes he's going to make. First play of the game, pick six last week, the fumble in the red zone he had. Those are critical mistakes that really took UCLA out of a very winnable game, if I'm being honest. And this is not me being too you know, critical, saying Dante is bad. That's just the fact of the matter. He's got to step up. He's got to get back if UCLA is going to get back on that front. Um, And then I think for me, man, is what has been the tail of the tape for the last few years? It is the secondary. That has been the most problematic area for UCLA football. And they're going to have a hell of a test this weekend when playing Cam Ward, legit Heisman candidate, a guy that torched Oregon State for 400-plus yards, a guy that's going for 350-plus against the likes of a Wisconsin. This guy can spin the rock. In the secondary, this is the game. you got to show me the improvements. It's now or never. De'Anton Lynn, we've been impressed with the defense to start. The front seven can really help out with that if they do generate you know, a lot of situations where Cam Ward has to kind of improvise on the run. But secondary, it's time. I'm talking to you, Devin Kirkwood. I'm talking to you, Jalen Davies. Ooh. This is the moment. we got to step up and we got to be lights out when it comes to UCLA playing on the defensive side of the ball. Do you agree this is the secondary's moment to shine, if they will? Will, you said it so well, and I couldn't agree with you more. And let's take a step back, Will, to your point. When was the last time UCLA played a trio of wide receivers that was this talented? You have to go back to last year. It was Washington, if you recall, with Penix Jr. And what happened in that game? It was Blaylock 
making that huge interception in the first half of that game, UCLA being able to build a lead and have enough of a cushion in the first half. They had a 24-point lead going into the fourth quarter, and then those receivers really started humming. They got the touchdown, the two. They got the stop, another touchdown, another two, and it was an eight-point game, and UCLA was able to hang on because they had that one extra possession because they built a huge lead. But really, that game last year was won in the first half with great secondary leadership from Stefan Blaylock. And we've been waiting to see who is going to grab the torch from Blaylock. We talked about it in the offseason, Will, of who was the captain of that secondary going to be in terms of calling out offensive schemes, putting guys in the right position, and really being the captain of the back end the way Moasa was the captain of the front seven in terms of laying out traffic. And so this is that game where if you don't, don't get that early cushion, if you look at the analogy to last year, if, you, if Blaylock doesn't get that interception and Penix is rolling early, that would have been a really hard game for UCLA to win because the secondary was on skates because you've got three guys to account for. And so you're always going to find yourself in a situation where that offense is going to like at least one of those three matchups. So how you overcome that is by being physical, being bump and run, and being very opportunistic on those 50-50 balls. And so it's really about identifying your matchups is going to be key, but then being aggressive and opportunistic on those 50-50 balls. So, Will, when you're calling out the secondary for a big performance, you are absolutely spot on. And this is the game that's going to define who is going to be that leader. We've seen flashes. We've seen flashes from Davies. We've seen flashes from Johnson. We've seen flashes from Kirkwood last year. We've seen guys kind of step up in moments, but who is really going to galvanize this secondary? Because, Will, they're going to need it. Those three are a handful, and not to mention when Washington State goes in four and five receiver sets to really kind of set up stack formations with those three guys or go weak side with one and sort of camouflage the other two. So the defense is going to be heavily strained. This is their moment to really step up. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And, you know, I think the opportunity is there. All you can ask for is an opportunity, right, in life. So come out there, perform at a high level, and UCLA could be walking away with a dub. If UCLA is walking away with a dub, Madman, give me one player on offense and one player on defense to watch out for for UCLA this weekend. Well, I think so. For me, for UCLA to walk away here with a victory offensively, I think the offensive player of the game is going to be Carson Steele. For the, the reasons I laid out earlier, I think it's going to be a high-touch game for Steele where he's going to be in that five-and-a-half to six yards per carry and start wearing down this smaller, leaner front seven where then Dante can go play action, go deep over the top to Sturdivan, find guys in the intermediate passing game and be really balanced, and then let Steele kind of set up the defense for a home run run or two by the likes of a TJ Harden. So for me, if Carson Steele plays exceptionally well and gets a lot of touches, I think that's a great recipe for success for UCLA. On the defensive side, Will, to me, it's going to come back to not necessarily a very creative answer, but I think it's got to be Latu. And, and Latu has gotten off to such a great start this season with the first two games. Last two games, he's played well, but it's not been quite the first two games in the first six quarters. Latu needs to have one of these two-and-a-half, three-sack type of games on Saturday to then allow the other front seven members to play off of him and then give the secondary a little bit more confidence. Because 
when I know the rush is coming and I'm owning the rush lanes, I got to get rid of the ball quicker. I, I don't have the opportunity to throw the ball down the field. That allows my secondary alleviation because they can sit. They can sit at five yards. They can sit at seven yards because they know I don't have to worry about getting blown over the top because my pass rush is going to get there. And that allows you to play bump and run. That allows you to sort of sit in a zone to be opportunistic on 50-50 balls and not allow a ton of separation. So for me, Latu is big on defense, Carson Steele on offense. I love the picks, man. And run game is definitely a big part of the offense getting back on track. Nine yards from Chip Kelly. I can't even believe that's a real stat when you break down his history and how effective he is with the run game. Two guys for you, Madman. Knowing this is a shootout of a game, it feels like it, how Washington State is played against very credible opponents. I think that's a realistic opportunity of what will happen in the game. I got to go J. Michael Sturdivant, man. This is the time. If he gets two to three touchdowns on big plays, which knowing Sturdivant is always realistic, you know, this guy is averaging 20-plus yards a catch right now. Every time he touches the ball, it seems like magic happens. It seems very similar to what Jake Bobo did for us last year. Every time he touches the ball, good things happen. Sturdivant is the key. If we're going to keep up with Washington State, he is by far and away the most dangerous offensive threat we have. And if you feed him the ball in space, it's going to be a nightmare for this Washington State defense. So Sturdivant, pencil it in, 130, 140 yards. I'm going with a touchdown, maybe two if I'm feeling lucky. Let's go out for Sturdivant. And number two, man, I talked about the secondary. I totally agree the D-line's got to step up. Jalen Davies, man, it's been a quiet couple of weeks. He did have an interception this year in the first game of the season against Coastal Carolina. Led the team in picks last year. Really seems like a credible you know, NFL future for Jalen Davies, if you will, if he continues on this path. Let's see it, man. You're the most talented player in the secondary. You're the one that's going to have to lead out there without a Stephen Blaylock. Give me Davies leading the way for UCLA. What do you think about those two picks? I love it, Will. I think it's spot on. No question about it. I think Sturdivant gives that verticality. If this game becomes that track meet that it could very well become, no one changes the complexion of a game like J. Michael Sturdivant. And Davies, with the combination, Will, of his ball skills, I think is going to be critical to maybe get that first pick of the year for Cam Ward. I love those two calls. And that will do it for us on the L.A. Football Network. Check us out on the show, man. We got some great shows coming your way. USC, Rams, Chargers to follow. Madman, let's have ourselves a day on Saturday and come away with a Bruins win. We are signing off. Enjoy the rest of the weekend to all who are listening.